You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. So, Sid Talk, we didn't have a before the after the show discussion, so you are going to have the before the after the di- no, show discussion with me now. Let me before give you a, the after the show let discussion. Let me define it Thank for you. you. I started to tell you something, and you basically. I'm going to use one of your tactics. Told me to stop talking. I didn't say that. You, I know. You try, you twist, I'm twisting it around a I said, you don't you need to tell it me now. Tell it me on the show, because then it'll be a surprise for me. Because I don't then, even know what it is. Then it's not a before. Well, the after the show we briefly touched on it before the show. Okay, okay. go. The trivia I'm going to give you. If nobody else knows, I've been watching uh, Star Trek Deep Space Nine. I like Star Trek. A lot. And a couple of episodes. Why is it nine? Can I ask the question? Why is it nine? Deep Space Nine. It is a space station. I'm assuming it's number nine. space station? Or is it in the ninth quadrant? It's not in the ninth quadrant. Ninth quadrant? Do you know what quadrant means? Like a section of space? Anything that's a quadrant is a division of four. Right. right? A quad. Well, we are dealing with science fiction. We could have a ninth (laughs) quadrant. I don't think science fiction changes (laughs) the meaning of things like quad. Uh, no, it's just, I guess... Well, there could I've be nine quadrants of four. This isn't part of... See, we should have had this before. <laughs> then this could have been... Okay, no. It's just... I don't know. I don't ever live best. I'm not that kind of fan, okay? Yeah. However, I was just looking into this one episode. that was a few episodes ago that I was totally impressed with. I don't give a shit what anybody says. It was the one where it's called Trial and Tribulation... Tribble-ations. If anyone's a Star Trek fan, they know what Tribbles are. I'm not a Star Trek fan, and I know what the Tribbles are. Okay. This is the Deep Space Nine cast having to go back in time and be on the uh, Enterprise on during this particular particular episode, and it looked really good. I mean, Hold I'm on. looking Before at. Before we is it is it the original episode mm-hmm. with them superimposed over the top? Not superimposed over the top. You make it sound bad. It is looks it really good. Like, I mean, um, for instance, yeah, like in when they did like a music video episode. of Elvis performing with yep, somebody it's else. It's the real ep- the whole episode, and then they are CGI. Oh, okay, so you get the whole episode start to finish. No, it's the it's like you're looking at it from another angle. All of a sudden, you know what I mean? Like we are over here in the hallway, and ah, I see they're over. You're it. a little bit further back than you would have been in the original, so you see our Deep Space Nine people, and then it, uh, down the hall, you see Kirk and Spock well, let talking. Me, um, let me ask you a question. When they talk to Kirk and Kirk talks back... Mm-hmm. Looks good. No, I don't mean how it looks. How does it make sense? Because nobody was ever talking to him. There's not... What do you mean? Like... In yeah, the, they just replace other characters who were speaking to uh, him. okay. And they have a conversation where his in. I mean, I'm just saying, it looked really good. And I was looking at it on a high-def TV. It wasn't the 60-inch, but it was, like, the one in the bedroom and then looking on here. And I put my glasses on. And, yeah, it's not perfect because it's whenever it was, a few years ago. But I'm telling you, it's cool. Anyway, that's not the cool part that I was going to tell you. In this episode, in the beginning, two agents from the... Oh, what is it called? This is a true story, right? This is a true story. Um, yeah, because agents have to come from the Department of Temporal Investigations. Temporal Investigations, of course, in the Star Trek world, are is the body that controls all t- time travel. 
sort of like the Doctor Who of the Star Trek world. They have to monitor and fix things that people break. They have to make sure you don't mess up a timeline. If they do, you have, they have to get you and take you back and do it again and all that shit. So these two agents show up. This is the part you might appreciate after all this. There's a reference to the X-Files. The agents from the Temporal Investigations Department, which is a little freaky. They, they have freaky things they have to deal with. Their names are Dolmer and Luxley. And each of those are anagrams for Mulder and Scully. Nice. Isn't it? I think that's quite nice. They were all at so the same that time. So that in right? 400 years, the FBI, a branch of it, could have turned into the just, you know, investigation of the temporal. So there you go. You got Star Trek. Old Star Trek. New I wonder, Star if, Trek, I wonder if the X-Files... Uh, uh, Fans? No, I wonder if the X-Files does mention Star Trek in any... I can't remember it, but maybe. Maybe there's a nod towards Star Trek in that one. Mm-hmm. They, they could well be. They're dealing with all kinds of stuff in that show. Yeah, but it would not It would just be more kitsch, whereas this is hidden. Like, I didn't even know it until I was just reading this. So, But there's a, there's a shot of it. Yeah, I see it. Yeah, but, the, but the listeners do not see it. <laughs> so Kirk, to them, it's... Uh, Kirk is, is uh, in the foreground talking to Captain Sisko. And Sisko's there talking to him. Looks great. The lighting is good. The, everything's good. And then you got O'Hara, O'Hara, O'Hara in the background. It, just, it was really good. And so there's your X-Files um, reference for you. All right, so... I thought you might appreciate that. I do. So it's Saturday, March the 20... 20- now you're a Star Trek fan. Saturday, March the 23rd... I put the 23, T-H... So it's Saturday, March 30. the 25th, 2013, and uh, this is after the show number 267. Uh, this is the podcast, weekly podcast, where God, me... if you think about it, it's like we haven't even done a whole year's worth if we did it every day. Not yet. <laughs> Although there's been five years, but still. So it's um, the weekly podcast where me, A. Scully, you, Sid Talk, review a movie. A uh, recent movie, or a classic movie, or whatever the movie is. And who this, are we? We are uh, the best people in the world. <laughs> oh. um, and how are we associated with one another? We're husband and wife. <laughs> Thank you. Correct. Husband and wife. Alright, so um, the movie we're looking at this week is Life of Pi. It's a 2012 movie, released on Blu-ray on the 12th of March, so you can pick it up now. It's actually available in a 3D edition and a 2D edition. We watched the 2D edition. Did you check it out in 3D on your It's not. We we watched the 2D edition. Uh, Oh, I wasn't paying attention to what you're saying. (laughs) (laughs) I don't have the 3D edition, so... I mean, I I know I watched the 2D edition. I wasn't listening if you said what you said. Okay, I'll focus now. Um, So, it's from our friends at Fox. (laughs) It's, It's a PG... Movie. Um, the tagline's really weird. The next Avatar is the actual tagline, even on the poster. It's not very. It's good. not really a tagline. Not very good. It's tagline. a marketing ploy. It's just what. It's Assholes. another three D movie. So it's the do you want me to make Avatar. this explicit? And call you already did. I think you just said is assholes. It? That's not explicit. It's pretty explicit. Uh, not really. Kids, if they said it in Life of Pi, it is. wouldn't be a PG anymore. It would be a PG. <laughs> if a little kid came in here and said the word asshole, we would all grin and go, "Don't say that. That's a bad word." There are other words that are go. worse than that. So that's not explicit. <laughs> in my non-parental opinion. You mean if the kid came in and said, you're a cunting asshole. Oh my god. <laughs> that's terrible. I'm just, I'm quoting Reagan off uh, the exorcist. Yeah, that's terrible. All right, that's so... even worse than what I would have said. <laughs> so it yeah. is explicit, though. You British prick. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, 
The movie's Life of Pi. We all know what Life of Pi is. It's 11 Academy Award nominations. No, we. Are you saying we movie as in like people. the whole world? No. So it was nominated I for... didn't even know it existed until the Academy Awards. I so did. don't insult people by saying, oh, everybody knows what it Interestingly is. Interestingly enough, it's actually on in theatrical run at the moment. So you can actually go and see it in the theatres. Um, it is. It was nominated for 11 Academy Awards, including Best Picture. And it won the Best Director for Ang Lee. So um, it's had some... You know, it came out at the perfect time, right after the. It Oscars. had a tussle with Argo, but it I think did. it. I think they got fair nods. So, um, Life of Pi, Sid Talk synopsis. <laughs> really? Um, <clears throat> overall, the it's synopsis. A, it's just <laughs> I know, but it's like three things. So, it's a man telling his story of when he was a young man, boy turning into a young man. Uh, being in a shipwreck, ship sinking, and coping, and maybe or maybe not discovering a god, a faith, a belief in something else. And along the way, there's zoo animals and a tiger and a boat and a lot of water. See, it's a hard one. I don't know. Yeah, I, I would I'm say, not the person. I would, I would this is why I could never sell an idea that I have for a book to anybody because I'd be like, well, there's this guy. And then, well, then there's this girl. And they, well, they, there's this thing over here. And I'd be like, I can't just do the one line thing. I'd just, I think it's, it's, it's quite a um, spiritual movie, right? And it's, uh, it uh, deals not with. Not to me. No, I think it, that was it, the intention. Well, but it, the intention of it is, it might not be to you or me, but the intention of it is. What it what you know? Do you believe in things? Do you not believe in things? I think of it more how do you about get how you through cope. life. Yeah. Yeah. How do you yeah. get through things? How do you get Absolutely. through the life of Pi? Absolutely. So, Sito, what do you think of the life of Pi? I loved it. Loved, loved, loved it. I mean, I loved every bit of it. I think I didn't have one minute where I was. So, I didn't even take a pee break. Uh, you know, I was just wanted to be like tucked in, and then when we watched the extras, I was just as interested in every single thing about it. I felt like because I don't have those things, I don't have a thing where if I'm having a difficult time in life, and I've had some really hard ones, and so have you, except in my early 20s, never ever ever have I now, I guess, just my view of life, I don't have a, a need. Or answering all my questions and giving me a reason or help me cope kind of a feeling. I am a very, maybe I'm just isolated person in my brain. I'm a very like boxed in, right? So I don't, when someone displays something like this to me, someone coping with something unimaginably difficult and then these quote unquote maybe signs of a god. Impossible almost, right? Yeah, impossible odds. And then these what we have invented as signs of a god or a higher power shining through, sometimes literally, or coming to us, and then, you know, steps down the line, our issue gets resolved and the thing is resolved in some circumstances, then we have invented this thing of, oh, that was God getting me through. Never mind the people who died in the shipwreck. Never right. mind the people who do die on the war fields and in hospitals and on surgery tables. But when you survive, then you decide to give God the credit. I don't have that. So when you're presenting it to me, I don't get super emotional like that, except I was really in the his mind. 
Yeah, because it's that presented to you it, at I the beginning. I felt it. Yeah, I felt it for him. At the beginning of the amazing. film, you see him growing up as a child, and uh, you see how <laughs> he's like a quizzical kid. Like he he wants to understand what, what's God, what's this, what's that. He what wants the to father said is exactly what I think. He said, if you believe in everything, that's then it might as well just be nothing. Yeah, yeah I was like, oh my gosh. So that's it does amazing. have really deep. Um, like themes and what I really liked is uh, at the beginning there where it was like it's showing you him growing up basically in India and uh, it shows you like you know how, how do I know what to believe in I'll believe in it I'll maybe I'll believe in all of it so and when he does go and when he goes to the church <laughs> and questions the pre- the priest like you know and yep. the, the way the priest explains that about God and why we we couldn't comprehend that and that's kind of there's some really interesting but ideas. But he also says three times, his only explanation is because God loves us. Yeah, it is. Yeah. There is nothing else to it. And I was listening, I'm like, um, you know, you add another little explanation, well, God needs to identify with him as blah, blah, blah. God loves us. God loves us very much. And I'm like, how does that make people feel better? <laughs> I don't understand. Now, I um, I'm not like super... This is, this is putting me off. I'm just showing you the Star Trek in the Star Trek old world. I'm just showing you temporarily. I've totally lost my train of thought. Um, <laughs> no, show me that later. Show, okay. Show me that later. I don't need to see it. Right, so... But it's so cool. So, um... <laughs> where are we? Father telling him stuff and believing in things. No, the, the, the overall ideas of this movie is um, the spiritual stuff. But the really interesting idea I found was about our relationship with animals. And is there a relationship with us and animals at all? And I liked how it was kind of portrayed here. About how we, as a species, have this thing where we bond with things, including animals. Like our pet cat, or in this respect, a tiger. And they don't necessarily bond with us just obey us maybe because they're scared of us but not actually have a physical or mental connection at all with us absolutely and, it, and at the end of this movie where mm-hmm. where the tiger's walking and he says he doesn't yeah. I love that it, that idea is more interesting to me than the idea of because that is you know yep we make the bond we and again we need an answer and we make the bond and we tame the animal even if it's a pet dog we condition the animal to love us, right? Because we feed it, yep. we, well, we keep it... Yeah, we want to think it's love. Right, yeah. but it's not, is it? It's just conditioning. We've just made it comfortable and then it's ours to own or, and we get some kind of like emotion. And like when he says, I look in the tiger's eyes and I swear it's got a soul and it's looking back at me and, and or maybe it's just a reflection of me coming back on myself. I really like those He didn't ideas. say that. The father told The him. father said, yeah, yeah. But I liked all those ideas better than I did the spiritual. Because at first I was like, oh my God, this is going to be nailing like uh, Christianity into me. Like, that's the way it's going to go, right? Nailing Christianity. Right, yeah. <laughs> but... It it doesn't. It talks about all religions, and I'm not a po- I'm not a religious person, but I'm not opposed to religions. Religions are obviously important to people, so I like how it has this broad spread. But I'm more. I was more interested in the relationship between man and beast, to be honest. Like, ah, but doesn't if you take that and elevate it one more time, isn't that man and God? That we've invented a thing that does not associate with us. It is so elusive to us. Right. Yeah. 
as we are to the animals. We we and we can't understand it even so and we are trained by it we're conditioned by it to show a certain sort of behavior that's why not. this story is a very excellent story i'd like to read the book because yeah definitely i don't think i don't it. think this is one of those movies where you've had to have read the book i think it is extremely Absolutely well not. told and you know when he's telling the story and he gives you the two choice these two choices to be given this two choice it's it's an exceptional thing because it makes you you i it, it, it messes I'm, with your I'm, whole perception of everything. Yeah, and it is what it is. Actually, the movie lives up to the 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 tagline should be that I'm going to tell you a story and I'm going to make you believe in God. Right? It doesn't. It no. It's not going to make you believe in God, but it's going to make you really think. But when some he people comes, will, and some people will. But yeah. when he comes up with the here's the story presented to you, and here's another story, it could be make your choice. And instantly I was sat there and I made my choice in my head. I don't want to say what the choices are, but I and went, wow, they're both interesting stories. And what's his explanation? And so it is with God. Yeah. So someone tells you a story that God, who is this elusive thing, has put a human son on this earth. And, and he does died all this for magical stuff. And- well, he died for your sins. And this means that you know that someone has suffered for you. Therefore, your behavior and your respect for life needs to be elevated. You need to act different and behave better and love one another. For you to believe that, because it's presented to you in a way that makes you connect with it. Versus um, you are evolved from the creatures of this planet. And you, we have decided, we have, you know, like... What developed our language and our way of thinking and a certain respect for one another as humans and therefore that should dictate your behavior and, and elevate your respect for one another. Uh, there's two stories for you too. Not stories in my opinion. I don't think evolution's a story. But which would you choose? So many people are going to go, oh, I believe in God. Oh, yeah. I have to believe in a God. And that's so. why this movie, I didn't feel like it was preachy. because Absolutely Because not. its message was, there are choices. Think about other things. Don't be singular-minded. There are lots of things to think about. You don't have to be do the one that you've been... It's not anti-God. It's oh, whatever. No. It's choice. It's from the beginning of the movie. It's very clear when the little boy's growing up. It's choice. It's about... It's like open choice and also discipline to choose something. Not necessarily, like you said, don't believe in everything, but, you know, make your choice in how you want to live your life. That's it. And it's not like, it's not like this shipwrecked dude on a little lifeboat is rescued by God in this movie, even though there is a moment where... the story he'd tell you. Right, but there's, yeah, exactly. There's a moment where, you know, in that situation, you could feel like you're being rescued by God. But it's not like, he, you know, so you can see it many ways, which is what this is about. Um, so, yeah, it's a spiritual thing. It's a not spiritual thing. It's about making you think. And I I thought it was a genius, like almost like a that moment of film where he said, this is this story, this is yeah. that story. Then you were like, which oh. one do you... It was almost one of those like sixth sense moments for me where I was like, that is really like awesome. Like, obviously, that book is good because if it presents that, presents those two stories, the book I'm assuming presents you the sure. both stories and then, and then ask you a question. <clears throat> That's perfect. That's what books are about. To- or his thing was, why does it matter why? Right. It happened and it happened. 
And that is it. That's it. Why does it have to have a meaning? So aside to all the spiritual thing, this movie is also like a technical masterpiece. <laughs> um, it is beautiful. Which I want to like... And we on. did see it in 2D and it was... I, you couldn't have sold me on the idea that it was 3D because it looked perfect. To no, me. but I, I can see where he was going for... You know, I imagine in 3D it would be quite good too because a lot of it is framed interestingly for 3D. But not the 3D side, even though it is a 3D movie. Just the actual CG work here. Because that, you know, he's... he's Well, the cover shows you. The cover to the movie. Um, I'm not really giving anything away. You've mm-hmm. seen the cover to the movie. He's on a lifeboat with a tiger. I'm not saying why he's on a lifeboat with a tiger. But he's there's a tiger that's not... There's a CG tiger, right? There were some real tigers yep. used. I was just looking into it in more depth mm-hmm. on the web. They said in the extras. But, yeah... But I wanted to know the actual full extent of where, where real tigers were used. And there was an interview with the main actor who said he was never in the boat with a tiger, not even a fake, not even a, a fake puppet tiger or a real tiger. And he was never within 50 feet of a real tiger ever in the whole filming. So if that's the case, most of that is a CG tiger. Sure. It's a fantastic CG tiger. I mean, it has, there were like two moments when I was like, oh. The part where it falls off the boat and it's. Yeah, um, in the water. And it's ha- hanging onto the side for a, a whole day. And it's wet, which is, I think, hard to pull off. It seems to me like it would be really hard to pull yeah, off. Yeah, there's nothing to hide behind when you're all sopping no, wet. And he looks really pathetic, like, and, he, and he's suffering because he, you know, he's marooned there on the side of the. And, the, and he, when he's like um, flailing around. Like hitting himself on stuff because he's panicking. It was fantastic. I thought. I mean, it's like we've. Oh, come... I thought the side of the boat he looked not good. No, I I loved it. Oh no, not when he was hanging on there at the very end. It, it it was one of those I had to divert my eyes, and then on the beach again was like oh. But it was so perfect the rest of the time that that just jumped out. All of a sudden, oh, it looks like a it looks like a CGI. Tiger, it's an amazing feat. It really uh, is to I'm, make. I mean, we've seen Chronicles of Narnia, and like the lion looks pretty good, right? For a, for a magical lion, but this is like. And then there's that emula- little one called Avatar, which everything looks right. Like but on this, you're emulating a real tiger that we all know and I've seen. It's True. not an alien thing or a magical beast. It's a normal tiger, like a, a Bengal tiger, and its mannerisms. It's Planet of the Apes. It's a wild animal. You know, it, it, they don't go hokey in this movie and, like, it, it has a real... You know, it's it's a wild animal the entire time. Yeah. Yes, he tames it down a bit, but I feel like it could jump on him at any time and kill him, right? <laughs> the, the look on his face that one time, right near the beginning, where he is off on the raft and the tiger decides to jump over the boat to get some fish. Yeah. And, and, he's, and he's seeing the, the tiger swim and it's really magnificent. And he's got a smile on his face. And then it turns to come towards him and he goes... His yeah. face is just like, oh my god, it's going to eat me. Like, but it, And it's this impossible situation that's like... Oh, at the beginning, it, it, if, you're, um, if you like animals in any way, or you're like, you know... It's also got some vegetarian ties in this movie, because mm. the, the boy's a vegetarian... You know, yep. it, the father teaches him about the animals early in this graphic way. Sort of an interesting concept, a zoo owner and a vegetarian. Obviously, they're vegetarian, they're Hindu. The family's Hindu, I believe, from what it seems like. Yeah. 
the vegetarian and the contrast of, again, explaining a, a belief with your actions where owning a zoo with tropical animals in cages and, you know, whatever that comes with. And then being a vegetarian because of whatever your reasons are for not wanting to eat or harm a living thing. It's like the contrast there also jumped out of me because he's then in a situation of survival. Being a vegetarian is going to tough. You can't look like you can't always cling to that, unfortunately, if you're going to survive. There's, and- there's three animals in the boat at the beginning when he says welcome to Pai's Ark, which yeah. I thought was really funny. But then the three animals in the boat and the three very different animals and... It broke my heart almost Ugh. to see what was... It did. Because it's the, it's the food chain uh, situation, right? Absolutely. Everybody's fending for themselves. And when he tells the story in a different way, and uh, yep. we are also a food chain, right? Um, but I, I could barely... It was really upsetting me that this is a zebra, for instance. I think they're magnificent things. And it's Here's really the- struggling... I mean, it's, it's struggling. It's it's been through the... You don't think, like, oh, yeah, we go... You know, a ship sinks, we go through a trauma. If there's animals on the ship, they also go through a trauma. It's not natural for them to suddenly be underwater, right? Like right. A, like and a, injured and, yeah. And it's suffering and this horrible... Well, you know, this other creature that is... Don't tell everybody. Let them see it. No, I'm not saying, but this other creature that's... Well, you are telling them. Kind of wild... <laughs> No, I'm not really, because I said about a tiger, and this is not that. <laughs> but, uh, well, I can't explain the scene without saying something about it. Yeah. I'm just saying that it's... Um, oh, yeah. yeah. It's it's kind of a heart-wrenching thing. And like you say, it's, it's not bloodthirsty, this movie, or anything, but I think the themes are pretty... There's some kids who would be disturbed by it. I was watching, thinking, kids love animals. <laughs> And a zebra or something like that. You know, it's... When I was a kid, I loved to see a zebra or whatever. Majestic and peaceful. Yeah. And, and there's, the situation here is not the Lion King. I mean, yes, the Lion King has its fair share. Then again, of, it's not gruesome. So, you know. It's not, but it's... It's just reality. It's very real, isn't it? It's, it's, it's very striking to me, like, what's occurring, you know? Um, so, yeah, technically, it's, it's amazing. The music is really amazing. I love the fact that it's not actors we recognize. I really liked that. I thought it was because the movie, because the actual story takes place from India. It's a voyage from India. We know the father. I mean, the guy is a grown up. Yeah, I mean, yes, but he's not like household name. I mean, mm-hmm. some people wouldn't know who he was. And everybody else, no, I don't know who. And I liked that. It kind of gave the movie a different feel to me as well. Like, yeah. You know, sometimes famous faces crop up and it does something to a movie. None of that came into this, right? It, it, you know, and everybody did a really good job. And the guy who plays the lead guy has never acted before, which... What's I a fa- movie that you think suffers from stardom? <sighs> Anything... To me, Rockstar. Uh, not Rockstar. What's it called? A musical one. Yeah. Rock of Ages. Rock of Ages. Yeah, or things where, yeah, I guess where celebrities come in and be cheeky and it's like, like oh, look, this celebrity is in it. No, I don't mean that. I mean, as a, fam- a hugely famous person is in a lead role or in a role that You think that be- would be better with no, like, just people you didn't know? That would make that movie better. Yeah, it probably would, right? What? Rock of Ages. No, I'm not saying that. 
I'm just saying, that's a movie where I am constantly thinking, that's Tom Cruise, that's Tom Cruise, that's Tom Cruise, that's Tom Cruise. Yeah, and you forget about actors in this movie, is what I'm saying. Because it's, they are who it's they this are. guy you've never seen before who happens to be doing a really but good job. I was just job. trying to say, contrasting that, if you're saying that helps, then what movie is hurt by a famous face? Some movies with Nicolas Cage in do it to me. As soon as <laughs> I see Nicolas Cage's face, it's kind of like, oh, I know what's going, you know, this is this now. I get what this is going to be like. Yeah, but you you know that anyway going into it. You never watch well, a movie where you're surprised. I'm saying if I watched or... a movie, you know, just a random movie, and uh, it comes on and the credits have started to roll, okay. and it's on HBO or whatever, and then Nicolas Cage shows his face, or Steven Seagal shows his face, and then I go, okay, this is probably this. And it usually is, right? Unless I'm surprised by it. Right. Whereas something like this, you leave, you don't have any of that. You don't go, oh, oh, this is Tom Cruise, or this is... It's just, you know, actors who are really good. <laughs> like, I find everybody really good in this, especially this kid. So let's move on to the cast here. Um, I didn't put much of the cast down, because this is pretty much a one-man... It's like Castaway, like a one-man... Not really. You've got the guy in the, the no, writer. No, what I mean is, the majority of the film, it's a two-hour-long film. And yes, it's told in... Uh, there's a narration, but then when we get into the film itself, it's mainly CG and this dude, who is called Siraj Sharma, and he plays Pai Patel. Um, and he's the main focus of this movie. And uh, he's never acted before. They found him. And Well, you know, they made it sound that way, but he also was at an audition with his brother, and so and he said something else about auditions. So that tells he me said he said he went around with his brother, right? But like, that he, they had been to things and they had been to auditions, and I think that they overplayed. They tried to oversell the idea that he's not a child actor, which I think probably he was. But he's really good. I mean, and this we watched the extra thing, and this is a demanding movie to make. <laughs> yeah, this is not like. You're on your own all the time. It's uh, He has to work in water probably for months. It looked hard to me. It's not your average, uh, you know, let's sit at a dinner table and act some scenes out. It's hardcore. Like, he's on a raft with uh, nobody, actually. He's on a raft with nobody. Alone. Well, yeah. Cameraman not even, not even any tiger. N- never sees a tiger. So um, I think he did a really good job. And then... His, play, his adult version, counterpart, is played... And this is a guy you might know. Um, he's called uh, Irfan Khan. And I don't know where I've seen him before, but he seems familiar. Mm-hmm. That's the thing, though. Like, I can't tell you five movies he's been in. He might have been in Slumdog Millionaire. In fact, he was in Slumdog Millionaire. Because uh, I looked him up. What was he? I do not know, because I don't know the names of everybody in Slumdog Millionaire. But that's not the only thing, obviously, because he's very... He's been in lots of Indian movies, Bollywood productions. But I haven't seen any of them. Obviously not seen any of them. And then you've got Rafe Spall, who plays the writer, who... Inconsequential. Yeah, I can really... To be honest, that's my one negative thing. I don't know if the story, if the book is written this way, or if it's the, you know, a tool of the movie telling story. It felt to me like it was a new thing, that. Yeah, and I just couldn't have given a shit Like, he needs to tell somebody. I couldn't have cared any less about this writer guy. He seemed like a pretentious, up his own ass. I was writing a story, and then it just fell apart, and now I need a new story to tell. And he asks all the most annoying questions or whatever and I just thought ugh he's the negative what I didn't like about the writer guy was the overly sentimental kind of way he was 
kept looking and, at his and almost eyes. and crying a little bit and like um almost like this is the greatest day of his life I can understand that part, but the way he portrayed it... Yeah, totally different. I didn't think that at all. I thought he was looking at this like a hungry writer trying to get his claws No, I didn't see that at all. I saw him as like, this is so precious, like I've got to... Not at all to me, because that's why I thought he was just like, oh, great. I did at the beginning, but then I I felt like he evolved. And I could make millions of dollars. No, at the beginning, yes, but not at the end. Oh, I disagree. Like, I think, I feel like he changed his life by telling him a story, which I is, disagree. which was his, which so was the whole idea of the movie. Because he didn't change at all. No, I mean, changed him inside. Like, he, what signs did you see? I saw nothing other than him being polite to the family. No, I just saw, I saw a respect come through. That I'd, I don't think he was any different than the beginning, though. I don't but, know. I, I'm not rating him because I thought he was terrible, but um, I did see a change. But I didn't like that. Yeah, I guess I didn't like the mechanic of. I think ta- the change was implied. I don't, I don't think you need to tell. A, I don't think it. The story needed to be him telling a writer this story. Could have been telling his kids. He could have been telling his dad. It could have been any telling anybody. So telling. Uh, he could have gone to be a lecture. It could have been a lecture in front of people. Like, this is what I went through. Like, people do. I mean, the fact that it it is a book. Right. And that's where you're starting from, maybe, to get it to the book phase. But still, I just didn't like that that mechanic very well. Uh, Yeah. If I'd liked the writer more, it could have changed the whole thing. But I, I, I like the guy telling the story. The writer portions just, it turned me off. So I was always dreading coming back to that. And I liked, in this movie, I just, I was just thinking about it. You know, who are the female actors, and there are not a lot. He's his mother at the beginning, and he has a girlfriend for a very brief period. And I really liked that. Like, he is with this girlfriend. She's beautiful, and he likes her. I don't know whether he loves her. We don't. It's not not long enough, right? It's inconsequential. He has no choice. And I really like that. Like when he's on the ship, and he says, "Yes, I had this girlfriend," and then I just didn't see her. I, I like how that was just. There's no sentimental love story here that's Correct. not what it, it's bigger than that like I, I really like that I, I you know some movies Titanic get bogged down with the the love story aspect right like it's it's more than the event even but you like that love story I do like Titanic <laughs> but I'm, what I'm saying is yeah. in, in here you know you could compare this because it does have a the shit. love story is the, the heart love. of the, a lot of most stories right and the love story here is not the, it's not really a love story it's, it's about letting go yeah and you know that life changes and that you choose how to cope with it and some people choose a god and some people choose not to have a god that's um, how I saw it so uh, it's directed by Ang Lee who won the best director this year at the Oscars for this he's also directed The Ice Storm Crouching Tiger Hidden Dragon um Brokeback Mountain and the Hulk. I'll, don't, forgi- don't, I'll don't. forgive him for the Hulk because Life of Pi is. I feel like some forces were working against him on that. Something was going on, wasn't it? It was like, <laughs> or maybe know. he loved it. Who knows? I don't know. I've never heard him speak about it, and, and you know, it's one of those things, isn't it? Um, but I've liked all these movies: Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. You know, I'm not a big fan of martial arts movies or that kind of thing, but that kind of was so different mm-hmm. to me, and. People will say, no, that's not different. There's loads of movies like that. It's just that Ang Lee made one. Different to you, because we don't watch a lot of That's true, right? That is true. There are lots of epic um, movies made in other parts of the world that we just don't see. But yeah, I really liked it. It was interesting. And um, The Ice Storm, I think, is very good. 
Yes. Um, and Brokeback Mountain. Ice Storm. Gyllenhaal? Yeah. Kevin Klein. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it's Kevin Klein. Yeah, it's really an interesting movie. It is. And the, and his movies are very different, Angley. He's not one of those guys no who just stamp. does the same thing. No. Because like. Brokeback Mountain, you know, it's he so no far Quentin away. Tarantino. From... <laughs> you can't see his. You can't tell. It's no, there's no his trademark. Name from... is no. It? I mean, yeah, he's a very good. He's, I think I feel like he's got a good team because that's what it is. He lent. He gives everybody who needs to do their part. Like um, he... I don't think he gives it full reign because I think he's probably quite controlling. Seems like. However. That. If he knows that you're better at that thing, like with the 3D film like the cinematography, yeah. he doesn't know how to do technical things, he says. Right. He knows how to frame things, obviously, and he's artistic, but he kind of hands it over. But then, he know, you know, he says, I spend most of my adult life in a room with the one man who's Edit. the editor. Yeah. So after all is said and done, so he still he, gets yeah. to control it all. But yeah. A man who spends his a whole lot of time with the editor <laughs> is a man who wants it doing like he wants it, not exactly. somebody else, not leaving to another person. So, But still, it's, yeah, the diversity of all the different people that must come together. And everything is, set, every movie he makes is really set differently. If you think about places and... Yeah, there's nothing to tie any of them together. It's a bit Steven Spielberg-y, like, where Mm -hmm. you can go, wow, Steven Spielberg made this, and then he made this, and then he made this. Like, I don't don't understand how a man can, like, not have a pattern at all. Like, just, like, like challenge himself, maybe. Like, oh, I did uh, Saving Private Ryan. Now I'm doing Catch Me If You Can. Yeah, in the terminal. You know, you know. Where you go, what? These two movies that we didn't even know existed? But they're both exceptionally good, like. Like, even when he tackles a romantic comedy, like Steven Spielberg. Because, like, the terminal, at its heart, it's got a romantic... Not comedy, but a romantic film. Catch Me If You Can, it's like a romantic look at that guy, that Abigail guy. I mean, it, it... it, Yeah, not romantic as a man and woman thing. No, but like, like a rosy look at something. Even he does it so well, like... But, yeah, I can watch Spielberg films and go, wow, I don't see a connection here. Like, like yeah, maybe if you look at, like, E.T. and Jurassic Park or something. Like, what? But no, still, it's still a different not, story, no. isn't it? Close Encounters and E.T., maybe. No, it's still not the same. No, because Close Encounters is very real and serious, whereas E.T. is a bit flowery, like, you know? But still rooted in that 70s realistic kind of gut feeling. But yeah, I find Ang Lee like that. I couldn't... If you showed me a bunch of movies and I had not even heard of Ang Lee and then at the end said, what's the common thing about these movies? I'd be like, I'd be struggling. You know, is it the same cinematographer? No, because they don't even look the same. No. At all. Like, shot... He's not like a... You could maybe say he uses epic vistas and stuff because Brokeback Mountain's full of these long, you know, vista shots. But, but a lot of close-ups, a lot of per- he likes personal things. He says so. He, he what? What did he say? Intimate. He, he tells the sto- feelings. He yeah. Feelings is his thing, not the thing itself. Yeah, not the thing itself. So, um, Life of Pi uh, Blu-ray comes with uh, some features, and uh, it comes with a filmmaker's epic journey, which we watched. This is a sixty-minute documentary. Perfect. That is really good. I mean, sometimes you feel like, oh, this is just... I'm not learning anything. I'm not seeing the man behind this. During this one? No. Sometimes oh. you watch actually. You mean in other ones? On other okay. ones. Okay. And you think, oh, I'm not learning anything here. It's just babble. Like, people are just saying how nice people are. and There's a, a little bit of that in this. But I feel like I know Ang Lee a lot better oh, as a filmmaker. totally. And that's what I want from extras, usually. Like... 
I've still not been treated to it yet, Paul Thomas Anderson. I've not had a good I understand Paul Thomas Anderson better because he doesn't partake in the extra. Another person whose movies do not look alike and yet No, but there's a strand for me. But if you showed them all to somebody And the strand's music. Right, but if you showed them all mixed with seven or eight other different movies of similar vibes and said, Tell me which of these were made by the same director, I think people would have a hard time. But, you wouldn't, um, obviously, because you are in love with him, but... <laughs> but this filmmaker's epic journey is very good. It's um, You but, should tweet Paul Thomas Anderson and say, Dude, I love you. I would really Twitter. like... Well, somebody's reading it for him. him. Somebody's reading it for him. He's got a... He doesn't have, his, he doesn't have one. He has no, a fan club. PA or somebody's yeah. probably looking at No, it, there's no Paul Thomas Anderson Twitter account at all. There's Cigarettes and Red Vines, right. which is his fan club, basically. He doesn't partake. It's... Too much uh, noise, static. Yeah, he says. I agree. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I see a lot of celebrities who get involved in Twitter and then say, "I just had to quit." It's just too much. I think it's too much for everybody. Too much. It sucks negativity, creativity. like, for and it them. sucks your creativity because your time is wasted. So, um, yeah, this it's a great documentary. There's also a couple of other things. There's a remarkable vision, Tiger, Tiger, Burning Bright, art gallery and storyboards. So, yeah, you get a bunch of features. But the documentary, the 60-minute one, it's not 60 minutes off the TV. It just lasts for 60 minutes. But, yeah, it gives you a really... 60 minutes still on? Yes, it is. Ah. It gives you a look behind Ang Lee. It's it's mainly focused on Ang Lee, I I find. It's like about his... Well, it is his journey, but it's... He's like he explains it all. It's like a journey for him making this. It took him four years to make this movie. I felt like it was mostly focused on the kid. See, I didn't. Felt like it was mostly focused on Ang Lee. And Ang Lee taking the kid and mentoring him because of the how Indian families work. They, not, not every Indian family, but this one. This one. He's not just going <laughs> to let their child go off and they need somebody to anchor him. He's not a boy him. or anything. He's like 19? 17? 19? 17, I yeah. believe. But he needs like a you know he's he's lived in India all his life he's going around the world now isn't he to um, you know show off this movie and perhaps get more movies to be in so um in conclusion Life of Pi you give a conclusion I think it's an important movie that you should see I agree it's got a you gotta go in with an open mind though yeah well you know what it works on on different levels because I am not I'm not spiritual. At all, right? And this is a fairly spiritual thing, but it worked on me also. Like, I wasn't rolling my eyes going, oh, please. I'm thinking more of people who have a God that they absolutely, and if you try and to can't tell them anything in different, else. right? Yeah, can't be challenged. That me. you're trying to poison them, that you're trying to distract them. But I think it succeeds in all ways because it's, it's not preaching at you. It's saying there are things... We all maybe latch onto one or we don't. But ultimately, there's choice to be had and who's right, who's wrong. And ultimately, ultimately, it doesn't matter. Yeah, who's right, who's wrong, it doesn't matter. You will either go down with the ship or you will not. And eventually, you're going to go down with the ship anyway and that's that. And it's not like, yeah, like I said earlier, it's not like, oh my god, uh, suddenly I'm on a shipwreck and God rescues me from above. But people people do think that and... right. And you could think that if you watch this film in one way. Because if that gets you through like a horrific situation in a war or batter being battered or some or injured or laying in a ditch for 
10 hours because no one's coming to get you. And then you believe it is God who brought you that guy on the bike who had his flashlight on and saw you. I have no problem with that. Me neither. Except that if you take that and then rely on it and you... You, you try to put it onto other people and constantly say, well, God will help you with that. God will, God will save me from this. And no matter what situation you get in, you will not take responsibility or credit or find other options. That is where my problem comes with it. So that's, I totally love this movie for that reason because it is. Yeah, it's not, he, narrow, it's, it's not a narrow-minded no, movie. No, and that's he's not even struggling with it. He has no struggle with it. He's not questioning his faith. Uh-huh. He's not... De- he, he believes... He wants in, to understand. And he wants to believe in everything, but not everything the way his father thinks of it. Everything as in... Everything comes together to take me this way, that way. Or, you know, I don't know. I don't, so I think it's uh, definitely worthy of your time. It's a very... I think it works on so many different levels. It can work on all kinds of levels. It's not... It's spiritual. It's not spiritual. It's a spectacle. Absolutely. It's lovely. It's musical. You know, there's amazing music. It's exotic. Yeah, it really is. There's amazing, almost sci-fi-ish looking scenes. And it introduced us to the guy who helped them technically. He wrote a book. He was actually adrift. That's the name of his book. Which I might actually get and read it. I would love to read that. Because he was their technical advisor and actually... They designed his raft. In fact, remind me at the end of this, and I will pick that up. And uh, you have to remind me. A drift. So, um, thanks to Fox for the Blu-ray. I highly recommend this one. Um, And if you want to win a Blu-ray, go to aschoolie.com. Not this Blu-ray. No. There's some Blu-ray contests going on. I think there's three going on at the moment. Go there. Win. Next week's Blu-ray review will be uh, Brad Pitt in Killing Them Softly. Um, Which is Brad Pitt and... uh, James Gandolfini. Doesn't matter. Uh, really looking forward to Doesn't it. Doesn't matter. Who, who else? You know. James Gandolfini. We like, oh, you love him. So, um... I'm not a huge fan of Gandolfini. Except, and not a fan of him beating the shit out of Georgia, but I mean, um, Alabama. I mean, <laughs> Georgia. I, I was thinking, I've not actually seen Brad Pitt in a film for a while, so I'm interested, you know, Tree, Tree of, of Life. Life was like the last one. And then I can't even think of one, the one I saw before that. It's like, he's, he's not, doesn't, he doesn't go like overexposed. He, he did himself. that in the '90s. He did his thing, right? Movie after now, movie. it's just he's you know. He also has a family. It's not exactly like you can just up no. and make ten. But I like that. You know, I like it when some actors you know go. Yeah, I don't need to be in every movie. Right <laughs> after reading, he did a bit. A bit yeah, now. but that's a long time ago now, yeah. right? Um, so yeah, tune in for that next week. Killing them softly. So a uh, new movie game. What's the new movie game? Why it's not new movie game anymore. It's kind of semi reasonably old. You're the one who's game. in control of that template. So movie uh, <laughs> movie year. It's a it's movie a game we play now. Year. You say the movie. I will tell you what year it was made in, or I will guess and vice, and you will and we'll do the same to each other. May first this time. May first this time. I'm gonna say my movie. Go on. This is the one you want to highlight, because that one's in full screen. Uh, it is Back to the Future number three. Oh. Ah, see? It's a tricky one. If anyone's keeping track, I'm going in alphabetical order, by the way. So I'm up to Back to the Future number three. Not of all movies of all time. I just pick some random ones, but think about it. Think about it. Back to 91. The Based on what? Well, I just thought about. What? What did you think about to place it in 1991? Like, like the, it was mid-80s, and then by the time they got to the third one, it was probably 90. 90s. 
1990. You're so close. 1990. That's how I get it. You're so close. All right, so mine is based on this movie and based on animals. (laughs) It's The Lion King. Holy shit. 1993. Very close. 1994. (laughs) We're always like a year away. Suck. That sucks. So we suck at this game. But I was... You should play this game at home and maybe do better than us. Um, so it requires research because if I if you had said to me, "Oh, I'm going to do lagging," I would have been like, Ugh, "You have to really think about it." We will both. You, be, what's the think, odds that we both be a year away? From you it? think you know when movies come out, but then you have to start digging around, particularly like dramas. I think that'd be the hardest. That's how my CGI can sometimes tell. Oh, I love it when you take your hair down. That's how my um, he's messing with his hair right now, like this sexy sort of ponytail way that men with ponytails do. He lets it down for half a second, and then like comes down around his face and dangles down around his shoulders, and then he whisks it away. <sighs> so, um, <laughs> that's the wife point of view of that activity. By nice. The way. <laughs> I'm like Fabio. <laughs> Ew, now I'm grossed out. <laughs> so, I've always hated Fabio. It's like yeah, so disgusting. Who is he? What is he? What is he? <laughs> what is he? <laughs> no, he's like some, star. No, he's like a freaking. I don't even know. I don't know what like he is. the cover of romance know. novels. Yeah, similar. I hate Beauty and the Beast. Is that him? Kinda. <laughs> no, that's Pearl on Pearl. Oh, it is, isn't it? Well, yeah. When was Beauty and the Beast? The move, the TV oh, show. I, I could use that. 80s. So, yeah. so um, movie recommendations this week. I am going with uh, three different ones. And these, re- Life of Pi, based on. Number one is Amelie, for a French movie. And the reason being, the beginning of this movie reminded me a bit of it. The way it was... Colorful. Colorful. And it's not the... And a little bit it's deep. a rosy version of India, right? Well, they were yeah. showing you. And... Well, uh, their life was quite rosy when you think about it. So right. we didn't get an unfair version. It was, it was their, very perfect. They were a bit privileged. And Amelie's like a perfect vision of Paris. You know, it's like this beautiful, lovely... Yeah, and being a waitress is romantic and lovely. And and Benjamin Button was my second one. And I kept thinking about it when I was watching this movie because as well. Because of bad CGI? No, not because of bad CGI. Because I like the story of Benjamin Button a lot. I think it's a really good story. Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt. Really well... I saw David Fincher... It's really well told, and it feels very epic. Um, so I recommend that one. Kind of the bad CGI kind of squint, tainted a bit. Squint your eyes. But another one <laughs> that is very similar to Benjamin Button is Forrest Gump, which I also it's an adventure of somebody's life, it, and it's tragic at the same about time. Finding out about stuff, and you know, it's a feels like an adventure like this does. Like you're on somebody's. You know, so they're my three. Benjamin Button, Amelie, and Forrest Gump. Couldn't find two, three different movies, really. And mine are, one is not a movie. It is the thing I mentioned earlier. Deep Space Nine, season six, season five, episode six, Trials and Tribulations. Just because... It's on Netflix. It's fun. It's really fun. If you're a Star Trek person. And the other one is very obvious because I did think of this movie while I was watching. I did, and I didn't want to say it. Castaway, and only because the because I see life as a solitary person. I see life as you are in it alone, and yet you're surrounded by other humans and creatures, and life is teeming around you. But ultimately, you are it. You're a cylinder 
passing through life, and eventually you're going to be dead, dead and dried up. And that's, I mean, people think that sounds really morbid. I happen to that's inspiring to me because then it's like you got really I get this chance, like do it ever, and it keeps me kind of focused on. But then at the end of this, you might be if you don't. Like, me and you don't really subscribe to any of the things. <laughs> at the end of this, not this podcast. You this, don't get a free pass. I'm saying, at the end of this life, when it's, when we're, I don't know, Judged. something happens. and No, something happens and they go, hey, Paul, and hey, Cindy. Um, Are we dying together? N- next, you can be whatever you want again. Oh, you believe in reincarnation? No, I don't believe in any of them. I'm saying, if something's presented to you, and oh. that happens to be the thing I just presented... He'll be like, oh, really? I was expecting nothingness. <laughs> this is really weird. I'll take it. <laughs> but that's the option. I'll be, a, I'll be an it? arcade machine this time. Oh, ew. <laughs> no, I won't. You put, you'll put cigarettes on is me. Is there stuff. time travel involved? Would you be an arcade machine in the 70s so you're really busy? Or would you be an arcade machine now where you're abandoned in a warehouse somewhere? See? It's complicated. <laughs> it is. <laughs> Plus, an arcade machine isn't alive. You have to pick something alive. Yes, you For do. reincarnation, I think. You made me lose my train of thought. Oh, the thing about these movies, the castaway and that, is because these are movies of a journey and a thing that's happening in a person's life that they truly have to cope with inside of their own self. Correct. And it's presented to you that way. It's not just like you're watching a drama, like Gone Baby Gone, just chops into my mind. This woman is like, you know, shitty mother, and this cop guy comes across and wants to, like, find the little girl. And even though each of those isn't, it's like his journey is inside of him, and the, the wife isn't, you know, all that. Everybody's you know, got their own motivations. And yet they're all kind of tangled up together. So you have to deal with it that way. In these movies, you get the person coping. And at the end of it, whatever they come to, decide. Fine with me, I don't care. But it's still that person is responsible, ultimately, for surviving. And then coming out the other side of it with their own individual perspective. Not being pushed or coerced or brainwashed or anything. It is about them. And then at the end, if... You know, if all of a sudden you're like, well, God saved me, and it's the Jesus God with the thing and the fish and the Noah's Ark and all the blah, 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 da da Fine, because you went through a journey and an experience that challenged you and made you question it, and at the end you chose freely to come up with that. That's what I like about Castaway is the same thing. He's just it. You know, he has to face his own thing. And in the end, whatever he comes to believe, believe those little angel wings. In fact, that's a bit spiritual too, right? I yeah. Mean, yeah, it's, it's very... Um, I was just about to say, before we finish with Life of Pi, um, one of the things I really loved about it also was how he was never pathetic. Never. Like he didn't snivel in a corner or... It, it was... He was always pretty strong. Yeah. And always... As physically as he was able. Yeah, and always um, thinking about what to do. Like... You know, if I do this, I'm going to die. So I'm going to try and do that. Like, oh, but the manual told him to. Yeah, it's really good though. I mean, <laughs> I he, he always had motivation to never just to curl up and die. Like Castaway Man almost curled up and died because he gave up at one point, right? But he didn't. Close though, right? I mean, he got pathetic. But he made his own choice and got on with it. He yes. could have chosen to just lay there and die, but he chose to get on with it on his own. No one there to influence him. That's so, what I like about this. So, games and Ace Scully stuff this week. There's not been much to play this week, apart from... Uh, and this is weird. I'm the biggest Gears of War fan. Played all three Gears of War games, right? 
I'm going to question that comment. I know you love Gears of War. I'm sure there are people who are bigger fans than you. Probably. People but I am, actually I am a fan of Gears cosplay. of War. I buy, <laughs> Gears, I buy Gears of War games the Do day they come you dress up out. like the Gears of War guys to play? Okay, there's somebody in this world who does. There is. And there's somebody in this world who has the chainsaw exactly. uh, rifle and has it on the wall and gets it out at Halloween time. And they own the Gears of War box and the thing and the controller and... Yeah. Right, so I, I'm a fan of Gears of War and I... Um, Buy it the day it comes out, always. And this is the fourth Gears of War game. And it's not Gears of War 4, it's like a spin-off game. Which I was a bit hesitant about when they announced it last year. Um, I would like to say about this game, and I've played it three quarters... Oh no, I've played it. I've played it. There's two campaigns, I've played one of the campaigns. That it shouldn't have been made. Oh. It is really... Um, it's really odd to play. It's uh, it's not it. It's Gears of War. Everything about it is Gears of War, apart from the fact that the main characters are not in it. But the universe, the monsters, the way it plays, it plays exactly like a Gears of War. But there's no heart in it at all. Like like the other games had a really good story. They were they felt in, they felt like there was some th- enthusiasm behind the the thing. This one feels like. And how how it's weird to me, and it almost feels like it should have been a handheld game, or a phone game, or something, is it's broken up into these small arenas that are like five to six minutes long. And then it gives you a scoreboard and says, look, this is how well you did in this section of the story. Which kind of breaks the story up and makes me feel like I'm playing an arcade game. It's right. almost like, oh, I played this section and I need to finish now. So that's why you think of it as a handheld yeah, because it's like these... Pick it up for five minutes and put it down. Whereas Gears of War, the story is You want to just wanna... play the whole eight exactly. hours. It's so engrossing. Like You just want to keep playing, right? So this keeps breaking. And then it gives you this scoreboard and shows you how well you're done. And, and when that happens, I almost feel like, oh, okay, now I should stop here and come back later. You're not I... invested to keep, keep going. Even no. if it had broke it up, but you were still interested, it would be different. And the story's really boring because it's a prequel to the first game, right? So lots of opportunity there, right? And what ha- in the Gears of War canon? Something that happens in Gears of War um, gets the soldiers into trouble. Like they they issue an order that they that they weren't given from the top, and something bad happens. Now the people you play in Gears of War One, it some of them are in this game. And they're being tried, like they're being sent to court at the end, at the beginning of this game. And the whole game is told by them in court being tried for, like, a, what do you call that? Like a military, if you. What's it called? Like, if you. Uh, treason? Yeah, I guess it is treason because innocence got hurt because of your. Well, it's not squad. treason. Treason's like act against your own government. Right, so you're a squad, you do something. Disobeying orders? It's not disobeying orders, it's making your own orders, I guess. Because you think it's for the good. So you've gone rogue. Almost. So they're being in military court. Being So how the story is told is, the four of them end up in court. Um, and each one, you play as all four of them. Two of them are brand new characters you've never ever seen before. So they're... Almost boring because, like, you're like, who are these people? I don't know who they are. The other two are two people who you play in all three Gears games, and each one of them tells their story to the judge about why they did what they did. 
and you play what they're saying. So they voice over over the top of the journey. So they say, the judge says, so what time did you leave the the barracks on that day? And then it cuts to you leaving the barracks and him saying over the top, we left the barracks at 6am and we were heading down the road. And sounds the, like a good device. It's, it sounds like a good device, but nothing occurs. Like... You just kill stuff. You kill stuff. Okay. In small rooms, every and every, every five or six minutes, they tell you what score you got. You don't get all the like cut scenes and the. You story. get cut scenes, but they're very few and far between. And the game's really short too. Like each, you know, like you play four people. Each person's part is about an hour and a half long, so the whole game is you know five or six hours. Which is really short for a Gears game. They're normally 13, 14 hour games, right? Well, you just said 8 hours. A minute ago. Gears 3 was 13 or 14 hours if you found everything. So, and this story is kind of inconsequential because you know what happened. Cause exactly. Because Ge- Gears War starts, Gears of 1 starts, hey, some shit hit the fan and we're responsible. Now we have to go make it better. You know what all that is if you're a Gears fan. And... They're being tried for it, and you know what happens to them because you've played as That's why prequels are tricky. They are tricky. Of anything. They are tricky, and it's very uninteresting. It's just... And all it feels like to me, playing it, is, like... um, It's another reason to put you in an arena with some of those monsters. It does everything else right, but it's not fun. Like, it's... I, I don't know. It just feels like it's missing an ingredient. There's a multiplayer mode. There's only four maps... Which is, I I can't even, it's ridiculous. And then when you look deeper, there's a season pass. So if you want to play all the maps, you you pay 25 more dollars. Oh dear. So there's this uh, shop front. So you think it's like a gateway to get your 25 extra dollars. It actually is. And it's a $60 game. If it was a $40 game. You mean you spend 60 and then they want 25 more to finish it off. But yeah. normally when you buy Gears of War, you spend 60 and then you play online. No, there's a season passes involved in Gears of War too, but uh, in Gears of War as well since the third one, where they're going to give you new maps like, like Call of Duty. But this one is real... The multiplayer. There's all these skins for your guns, which has always been in Gears of War, and they're kind of cool. Some of them look really cool, and you want them. Now, usually you buy them with in-game cash. The best ones are on the bottom row, and they've got Microsoft point symbols on them, and that's the only way you can get them. I hate that shit. Yeah, because it's earn like it and you can't. No, because it's like the best gun is on the bottom row, isn't it? Of best course, it performance is. Performance or best looking? Just the best looking. Okay. The one you want. You look at them all, and you go, "That's the one I want." And then you look closer, and you go, "That's the one you have yeah, to pay." Yeah, they know that. Yeah, I know, and I hate that because we're not stupid, and it's like you know, you're not stupid. No, and I won't pay for that gun, but. Somebody it, will. And there's four maps to play on multiplayer. You would if I gave you a Microsoft points card for Christmas or something. I wouldn't spend them on that, no. I would buy a game. Okay. I would actually buy a full game. Like a, a game that I've never played, I would buy a game. Because right? I don't... A little chotsky in a game. Because like, it really is. Like, it's just... It's nothing. Like, it's... like, like It's I, not just... No, it's literally nothing. That like, I buying. thought it was really fun in Gears of War 3. And I had a pink gun. Because I thought I was... It's funny, because I had a female gear, right? And she had a pink armor. And there was a pink gun. And when I looked at the thing and went, that pink gun would be cool. That's what I want for my girl. You earn it by finishing levels. Perfect. I finished all the levels, got the pink gun. I was happy. 
I didn't pay any more money. I'd already paid $60. So you suck because you're not the person they want. Right, exactly. You want the guy who's already got grandma and auntie and mom and dad and friends and buy, buy so like a shitload of points piled up because everybody's buying them for him or so, her. And they're going to sit there and just squander it on nothingness. Really? So if you um, like Gears of War and you like to play a Gears of War game with its soul ripped out, because that's what it is. <laughs> um, nice. I tell you what, I, th- I, it's, I played it because I'm a Gears of War fan. I found it very uninteresting and the story didn't surprise me in the slightest. There wasn't even a, oh, wow, that's cool. Not None of that. Um, if it was 20 bucks, I would say pick it up if you're a Gears fan. If it's any more than 20 bucks, because they're going to charge you for that multiplayer. You get four maps. You'll be bored of four maps. So you're not going to gain any information. It's not going to give you anything new no. for the next Gears of War nope. game? Um there's a second campaign that you can unlock, right? <laughs> so when you finish the first campaign, if you get enough of these stars, which is to do with how well you did, you unlock this third camp- this other campaign. And this other campaign is a brief campaign. It's an hour and a half, right? But this is annoying too. It's a another campaign that is it fits on the end of Gears of War 3. So I think this this was supposed to be a DLC pack for Gears of War 3 that they never put out and decided mm. to tag it onto this game. Because it feels like that. Yeah, it says it's like a hodgepodge of it shit. It feels like the hodgepodge of shit Just to be for some money. Because, oh, look, the console cycle is about to end. We need a new Gears of War game for 2013. What do you guys have laying what around? Do, what do you have? <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, we got this DLC we didn't put out. Yeah, we can knock like... up some multiplayer that's kind of shitty with four maps. And we can make a campaign that's based around, like, some Nothing. shitty prequel like that nobody gives a damn about. I mean, and I'm a Gears fan, and I was excited to play it and go, "Oh wow, I'm going to learn something new about people." You learn nothing. You just learn that they did some shit and they get tried, and you know, then they appear in Gears of War. So right. it's not like it's not like oh, well, they all die because they don't die because you play as them for the next three games. So Gears of War Judgment. My judgment is it's a pile of old shit. Uh, new shit. <laughs> yeah. It's a pile of shit and they want your money. Not only do they want you 60, they want another 20 something and they want you to buy stupid guns. So, no, garbage. Uh, I think the Gears of War 4, the numbered game, will be on the new Xbox and that one will be the one with the heart and soul put back into it because that'll be the one that. Unless they've peaked and that's that. Maybe. Unless they've peaked and Gears of War is actually over. Um, and that's all I played this week. That's. There's another game out this week, Walking Dead Survival Instinct. I've literally played 20 minutes of it. It seems garbage so far. Oh, and you love the other ones so The other much. one's amazing, right? This one is... I uh, loved watching the other one This one's well. generic zombie shooter, basically. Mm-hmm. Shoot the, With the characters from the TV show? It's Merle and, and his, his brother. brother. Daryl. And it's their story. It's It fits in the timeline somewhere. I couldn't really make it out, but... It almost feels inconsequential also. Like, who can we use? What voice actors can we have? Hey, look, shoot those zombie heads. That's it. that's kind of it, like, you know? The thing you can do between episodes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so far it seems garbage, but I'll keep you posted. I, I, I haven't got the um, will to carry on playing it. It's know. really, it's well, one of them. Bad, then. then that's bad. I put it in and I'm like... Um, I put it in and then I started to play it and I was like oh it seemed really cool at the beginning it even has the credit sequence from the TV show so that put exactly the you know and that pumps you up and you're like yeah this is cool 
and then you see the graphics, which are bad. First off. And, and then, you're true, and you have the expectation because you were in love with the other one so much. Right, I didn't expect it. I find think that'll be a hard thing to top. That this story. one's kind of a utilitarian one. Yeah, we have a show. Them. We need a game. We need a zombie game where you shoot. And uh, on Tuesday, there's a new game coming out: Bioshock Infinite. Never heard of it. Sounds good. I'll check it out. It's the sarcasm. Oh, okay. Uh, how it's, would anyone know that? It's possibly. It's it could. It's going to be one of my games of the year. I know it because Bioshock. How do you know that? I, I, I don't mean my game of the year. I mean it will be in my list of games of the year because um, Bioshock. Ken Levine doing Bioshock, not Bioshock 2. Bioshock 2 I didn't like because it, it was, again, main team. We're making this new Bioshock. Can somebody make a Bioshock 2 so we can... Mm-hmm. That was what Bioshock 2 was. Bioshock Infinite is a new take on Bioshock. It's not... By the same people who made By the original. By the people who made the original. So, How can you possibly know that you're going to Because I've seen quite a lot of it, and I will be playing it this week. I still don't know till you do it. Maybe Ooh. I've already played it. Maybe I'm tricking you. All right, so, Sid Talk. Um, what have you got? What, what, what's going on here? I'm just confused. What? Um, what's for dinner, I normally say, but there's something else before it. Yeah, that was the trouble thing. All right, what's for dinner, Sid Talk? God, you're so freaking regimented. It makes me crazy. Go with the flow sometimes. There's a sentence before the words. Homage to X-Files in Deep Space Nine in Trials and Tribulations. I don't like regimented stuff. You know that. So, Sito, what's for dinner? Oh, can we mention, while we're talking about food, we went to a Thai restaurant this week. Um, We don't live in a very big place. No, so it's not like... And to have a Thai restaurant, which isn't very big either. Ah. And we, it's been there for five years. We've never been there. And it was amazing. I went there for lunch one day. I got me a pumpkin red curry sauce with vegetables and rice. I was like, oh my god, we have to well, go Well, what i got to say, as vegetarians, um, often you go to restaurants and there's nothing for you. You can get a salad or there's some vegetable. Not thing. always. No, no. It's better now. But you have to... No, I mean just general restaurants. You have to cobble things together. Yeah, nowadays. like if you go in Applebee's or whatever, you know, the choices are... Salad, baked potato, some fries. fries. And yeah, you know, it's not never a real meal. It's just you're cobbling together some stuff. This place, you know, most of the dishes can have tofu in them. So, we I had a tofu. Uh, oh, so good! I can taste it now. Pineapple, pineapple fried rice. Pineapple fried rice with tofu. I think it was the best tofu I've ever eaten. It was and amazing. I love your tofu. Oh, thanks. But. There's something I about agree. this tofu. It was it was dense. Yeah, and the flavor was of the. Th- I had uh, sweet basil fried rice, and yours and was, was good too. I tasted yours. It was amazing. And you tasted mine. And I had the tofu in it. Now what I had the other day, I had all vegetables, which were super fresh. Like they had just chopped them, thrown them in, stir fried them for a minute, and then threw the sauce on it. Amazing, like crunchy. Everything was. And then I think the it's the best Thai amazing. food I've ever had as well. I'd never had any before, so. and I have, and that was just oh, it's amazing. Really, really amazing. I will say this for Thai people, if this is the authentic. I am from the Midwest, and you could give me ten starches on a plate, and I still need like a piece of bread or a nut. Oh no, not me! I know, no. but I know, but it's like it's built in. It's like it, yes, I'm having a plate full of rice and vegetables and tofu, and it's so missing, filling. And I'm miss. It doesn't matter. It's like people will identify with this if, like, we have go for curry, like to the Indian place. The nan is almost like it's forty percent of my experience. Tearing it up and dipping it in the sauce, and you just. But this was so delicious. It doesn't matter. That's not the. 
That's not the point. Well, you could bring, it's a like bread. An bring some bread. And they might have had it. I just didn't even look they at the menu did, that close. Actually. But I don't know. But that's not even the point. It's like it just it goes with the experience. So Yeah, but it doesn't in that next, I don't know that, though. I didn't look close enough at the menu. I didn't see anything either, though. I didn't see any There breads. were spring rolls. I know there are... I know, so I know that they have rats I know Thai food's not... Um, they're, very, they're pretty healthy. Uh, thai cuisine is Seems like it. healthy. It is. It's, um, there's, there's no dairy in it because I had... Co- arma, no dairy, no. no butter, no none of that. The curry stuff. sauce I had was coconut milk and chunks of pineapple or pumpkin that were amazing and, like, fresh cabbage and this really amazing curry flavor with the, just the right amount of hot because I get a four, you got a two. It's zero out of ten if you want spice. And um, now, you're enough make, for me. It's now you're making me want to go there tomorrow because the sign on the window says we are open Sundays. So um, uh, what's for dinner? Said talk. Forget about Thai food. But talking of tofu, I made tofu and it's leftover tofu, which is amazing. I'm a, if I do say so myself. Some rice. I don't know what. Oh, that almond rice stuff, rice pilaf, and Brussels sprouts per your request, and salad. Nice. And then I got I made some chocolate droppy cookie things yesterday, which are all right. But I also bought you some other cookies. Nice. So, um, what's your advice? My advice I have two prongs of advice. Number one is when you go shopping. If you're like me, you have some. You're doing that hair thing again. Oh my god, you're so cute. Uh, if you're like me, you've bought your bags. So you still don't wet. get plastic bags because I've come to despise them now. I don't want them. I don't need them. I just ugh. ugh. I feel like a, like a part of a herd if I go through the line and somebody smashes all my shit in a plastic bag. So if you're like me and you have your own bags now, yeah, like I've bought them. Bags, yeah. yeah, I've bought them at different places. We've got my a Barbie advice. one. We've got a Union Jack. <laughs> that was one. a gift. My sister gave me that one, which I like. One. one with a big Union Jack. And the in thing it. is, when you go into a store, if you get a collection like I have, I have like about ten of them, I think. Some are from Walmart, one's from Target, one's from Marshalls, which is that one. The Barbie one is very distinctive on its own. The Hy-Vee ones, I've actually hand-painted some stuff on them, so they're distinctive. Because if you get your bags at Walmart, and then you carry them in the store, and you get up to the checkout, and you lay your Walmart bag on the Walmart counter, they they're going to try to charge you for it and, again and, and, and again totally and again. And that totally circumvents the idea, doesn't it, of you buy these bags so you never have to use our bags again. No, they try to make... They I know, don't I just be- know what no, you said. No, they don't believe you've already paid for it. I know, that's what I'm saying. It's it's to- For them to think that totally removes the idea of buying the bag. Oh, true. Like, they're not... Yeah, because yeah, their, yeah. their thing is, you buy this bag and then you, you're saving the... Yeah, so my advice planet. is, whenever, you're going to have to know it and you're going to have to figure it out, but don't Just take, write something on it. If you buy your bag at Walmart, right, don't take that bag back to Walmart. Take that one to Target. And if you buy one that says Marshalls, take that one to Walmart. Because I want to... I give them such hateful looks. My bags are obviously used. There's no price tag on them. The, they're they're kind of ratty. Yeah. They're not, not dirty. Dirt, you know what I mean. They they've look been like they've so been through times. the ringer. Like, yeah. They've been through the washer, so they're getting frayed. Like I said, I paint stuff on them. One of them has marker on it. That's what I mean. And yet, there's like... They don't they look, look brand at you. New. They look at the bag, look for the price tag. And I'm like, nope, I, I brought that with me. And then they look some more, and I'm just like, ah, so that's my shopping advice. On a more profound advice, what did I say? <laughs> I'll read it if you like. Sure. Don't be lulled into believing something just because it makes you feel better about bad decisions you have made. You don't do it quite as well as me, but that was all right. 
That was, that was exactly what it said on the, on the sheet. I so am Ron Burgundy. I will read exactly what it says. Basically, that's it. If you make a bunch of bad decisions in your life that have bad consequences, either for you or for other people, and someone comes along with this sort of like, ah, oh, oh, it's okay. Your bad decisions aren't who you are. Your bad decisions are tests from X, Y, or Z, higher power. And you are something else. And it wasn't you. Someone else, Something else was working against you. So now believe in what I'm telling you so you can feel better about yourself. Correct. And not take responsibility for those bad decisions. I heard somebody posted something on Facebook the other day that made me get really annoyed. That they got some wisdom from someone who told them, oh, you shouldn't, something about you shouldn't think about your past because you are not the bad decisions you've made. I totally disagree. You are every decision you've ever made. You know what the worst thing is about Facebook? (laughs) And I've got several of them on my list. I call them them (laughs) because they just post stuff. And what they post is like... You say it with disdain. Yeah, like inspirational images. Like like they post an image and then it's like... Albert Einstein said this. And and they're trying... They're... I don't know what they're doing. I post advice and stuff. No, it's, it's very specific. Especially on mine. It's like... This person said this inspirational thing. And here is a picture of them. And here it is printed on it. They're saying that. Don't know, I hate it. It's too many, too much of it in my feed. Do you mean God things or just everything? Some of it's God, some of it's people. And some of it's like incessant, it's like ten of them in an hour. <laughs> like Albert Einstein, whatever, whatever, whatever. Well, you can't blame the thing because of your person who's posting <laughs> it. I'm not defending, I'm just saying. That's no. a funny thing to be annoyed by. The ones that say Also you, annoyed like, by sports scores. Ones that say. <laughs> <laughs> so please think, stop that everybody. I think maybe you've just hit on the two things that Facebook was possibly invented for yeah, and then the two things you hate now um, the ones that say things like if you're true if you were true American and you believe in anti-abortion and you support our troops and you're a true American and you're a decent human being and you're not a horrible post and, this on your wall exactly you'll like this too if you don't and it says like not liking equals not agreeing. Yeah. And liking equals like you're a superhuman being. It's like, oh, fuck off. People, That's, there's my explicitness for the day. The other one I have a few people who do is... Um, I mean, I'm good enough at judging gun, people. Gun things. Because yeah, you're not a gun person. But they post a picture of a gun and go, rights to bear arms. <laughs> like if you agree. And you're like, no, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> See, you're you're treading onto controversial territory. So if you um, not that God. So if you a post country. on my Facebook timeline, <laughs> stop doing it. <laughs> Thank you. They're not posting on your timeline. <laughs> I mean, just just stop using Facebook. Thank you. <laughs> Are you speaking to all your friends? Anybody on my list? Stop. Just. You're quit. speaking to people. Remove your account. We have friends, <laughs> but I can't say that. I'm just joking. Present company. That means everyone listening excluded, right? If you're, if you're a friend of mine, but if you're just an idiot, don't post on there. <laughs> Thank you. I'd like to think there probably aren't any idiots listening to this. There are some on Facebook. I know that. Do you think they listen to this? No. I'm saying everyone who listens to us is brilliant. Oh, yeah. Of course. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, are we, are we uh, concluding? I'm <laughs> I'm ready to make We supper. should conclude. All right. Thanks for listening to the podcast. I want to remind you about our website, sayschoolie.com, sidtalk.com. 
You can catch us on Twitter, Facebook. Don't catch us on Facebook. Just leave us alone. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Xbox Live. No, don't catch us anywhere. Just <laughs> You can email... These people can. Just right. don't spread don't it around. Don't email me at Ace yeah, Just don't Com. spread it around. You yeah. all can. Yeah. Just don't spread it anywhere. Correct. <laughs> Uh, and uh, stay classy, Mr. Angley. Looking forward to seeing what he does next because I guarantee you, it won't be something you expect. It won't be Life of Pi 2. <laughs> <laughs> or Life of Pi, the prequel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Although, I think it's, the father's life seems quite interesting. If he uh, ended up running a botanical garden and a zoo and a hotel. But anyway. And I'm going to say think for yourself, because if you don't, someone will do it for you.